You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey, hey, hey there. It's episode 135 of the Soul Forge Podcast. Welcome to the Soul Forge, a place of silent mystery, quiet contemplation, and outright mayhem. Join your host, Sean Vanderloo, as he guides you through the adventures of living. Together, we'll talk about life and love, sex and dating, joy and heartache, memories and loss, and so much more. Don't worry, it's not nearly as pretentious as it sounds. Get ready for life, the universe, and everything on The Soul Forge. Hello, everybody. It's Sean back at you here with another exciting episode for 2020, episode three of the year. Got a bit of a different treat for you guys this time. A while back, I said it was going to be a new year of excitement and adventure on the podcast, and I wasn't kidding. Been thinking about it all week, and I, I thought what I might do was a book review. But that's boring, so I'm not going to do that. But I did get some feedback, which I'm going to start with. So we'll start with that. Longtime listener Corey writes, 2020 Vision episode. And now this is feedback from the first episode of the year. Hey, Sean. You ended with, don't be sad, because sad backwards is das, and das not good. That line made me laugh out loud and groan. Unfortunately, I did this at the exact moment someone was walking by me as I trudged to work this morning, so that was a little embarrassing. In your pod, I enjoyed the idea of interviewing people for stories and whatnot and think that would be fun. Anyway, just a note to say I enjoyed your show. Have a great day, Corey. So that was awesome. I love getting feedback. It's rare, but when it happens, I have to acknowledge it. And I wrote him back, and I said, that, well, the whole reason for the and remember, don't be sad because sad backwards is das, and das not good, was because it's ridiculous and funny, and I'm here to make you guys smile, laugh, think about things, and that was certainly a way to do it. That's what the and remember is all about, either to spread a message or make you laugh or make you think. So this week, instead of a boring old book report, Actually, it wouldn't be that boring. It's the, uh, I was thinking, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson, which was an awesome book. So maybe I'll do that in the future. Uh, I've been a little bit into, well, they call them self-help books, but I don't really like that term. It's not a self-help book. It's just a book that makes you look at the universe a little bit different. So if you haven't read that book by Mark Manson, you should. It's hilarious. I've got a second one here. Let me see. I'm just going to go over here. It's called Everything is Fucked, A Book About Hope. Haven't read it yet. Saving it for later. Got lots on the go. I was thinking about writing some self-help books too. And of course, I would have to have a swear in the title, right? Because that's what sells copies. And what's the point of writing a book if you're not going to sell copies? I don't freaking know. Anyway, this week, I'm going to read some poetry to you guys. Speaking of things that have been written, my friend Stephanie, who I've known for 24 years since uh, the first year of my university, uh, is having a birthday next week and this weekend coming up, going out of town to see her and celebrate her birthday with her. You've heard her on episodes of the podcast before, specifically 90, 95, 100, 105, and 110. When she was here for a few days, we recorded five episodes in a row and I released them in sequential order on the fives. 
But you guys all know that doesn't matter. That's the, uh, the lesbian that I fell in love with. So I thought in honor of her birthday and my ridiculousness and the things that I do, I'd read some of the poetry that I wrote because of her or for her or whatnot. But it's not just going to be about that. It's going to be some other random poetry too. I, I think this episode is going to focus on love poetry, but not necessarily. Depends on what it is. The way I'm going to do it here, I have a book of poetry. It's all in alphabetical order because I didn't know how else to organize it. So I'm just going to flip through some pages here. I picked out a few and we'll go from there. So the first one is called Acceptance and it's actually two poems in one. I, I made it from two different perspectives, but I put an and yet in between them to make it one poem. So here goes. Acceptance from October 13th, 1996. Acceptance? I used to mourn what I could not possess. You caused me immense heartache. Still, I loved you nonetheless. Often, I thought my heart would break. For each passing day, my love would grow and my chest would heave and shake. But now, my emotions have ceased to flow. For I realize we could never be. And yet, I used to mourn what I could not possess. You caused in me a hungering ache, a love that endured without redress. Often, I thought my heart would break, for each passing day my love would rise, and my chest would heave and shake. And though my emotions have ceased their cries, I know that true love never dies. So what do you think about that? I had it bad for this girl. I, I met her in uh, January of 1996. We started hanging out pretty intensely. Um, she was awesome. She was creative. She was funny. And, of course, I fell in love, as one does. And shortly after that, I found out she was a lesbian. And I was devastated. Because... If there's one thing you folks know about me, I've got some strong emotions. So that's just one of the poems that I wrote because of her. But it wasn't all daisies and rainbows and stuff. Uh, I, I was going through the gamut of emotions. Sometimes I felt really close to her and sometimes I resented her. I resented myself, resented my feelings, had mixed thoughts on things. So November 8th of that year, 1996, I wrote Bitter Aftertaste. Once... She was always there, said she'd never leave your side. Now where is she? I think she took you for a ride. Tell me, what does it matter? She squeezed your heart, watched it splatter. Your eyes widen with a vacant stare and a piercing scream echoes in the night. Have you ever desired someone so intensely you could taste it? So that, uh, that was some strong emotions. Not even sure what was going on in my head back then. That's a long time ago now, but uh, I wasn't very happy apparently. Now this one written December 12th of 96, is one of my favorite poems that I've written. I don't think it's necessarily about Stephanie. It's just something that, uh, that came to me, and I, I thought the words were really deep. It's short. It's called Blank Page. You were the poem I never wrote. You sat, a sketch on the edge of consciousness. I never filled you in, never completed you. You were the poem I tried to put down in prose. The words wouldn't, couldn't come. I held you, in my mind, out of reach of everything. I tried to make you a symbol, a metaphor, but you were all too real for that. You were the poem words couldn't capture. What do you think about that? I think that is such a descriptive image of just somebody who's amazing and no words will describe the depth of their greatness. Yeah, maybe that's what it's about. I like it anyway. What do you guys think? Soulforgepodcast at gmail.com Give me some feedback like Corey did at the beginning of the episode. 
That always is awesome. I love it. And speaking of things that we love, we all love podcasts. And you know how I can tell? Because you're listening to this one. And if you like podcasts and you have not listened to other podcasts here on the ESO Network, you totally should be, guys and girls. Uh, now, the Flopcast just celebrated their 400th episode, so I'm going to play a promo for them right now. Live from Chicken Town, this is the Flopcast, a podcast obsessed with comic books, Saturday morning cartoons, conventions, music, stuff from the 70s and 80s that nobody else remembers, and chickens. It'll be the silliest half hour of your week. You can find us at flopcast.net and on the ESO network. I'm the mayor of Chicken Town, and I approve this message. And wasn't that amazing? I bet you just want to go ahead and listen to that right now. But before you do that, why don't you listen to some more poems? Here we go. All right, so this one is not about Stephanie. This one is about a girl named Sherry who I had been trying to get with since, oh, September of 1990 in high school. And then we ended up at uh, university together. And we eventually ended up together for a year and a half. And uh, her name was Sherry, so I wrote this sonnet called Cherry, because I'm clever like that, uh, September 20th, 1997. Here goes Cherry. Oh, little berry, how sweet thy innards must taste, with only a thin shell to hide luscious delight. And if my tongue had access, taste buds would take flight, a mouth-watering feast, leaving no juices to waste. How thy skin sparkles in the early morning dew, Nature has left thee ready to be sucked away. With desire in thy bushes, my hands are at play, foraging around, their target near, their aim true. Plucked from thy vine, I move thee closer to my lips, when, lo, thy odor is a pleasure to the nose, and I must save thee in a pocket of my clothes. Alas, no, my lips part, and down thy nectar drips. So, you know, if you just read it like that, maybe it's just a poem about some fruit that's really awesome. Or maybe it's a poem about cunnilingus. You'll never know, and I'll never tell. Got a joke about that. Remember the song of 16, the Summer of 69 song by Brian Adams? Well, I always used to say, yeah, I remember the Summer of 69. It was 1997, because I'm freaking hilarious. Actually, sometimes I can't even stand my own cheesiness. But guess what? You heard the other episode from a few weeks back. I'm unapologetically me. Anyway, uh, fourth year university. I was returning home or going back to North Bay. I can't remember what I was doing, but I was in Sudbury at the bus terminal, February 18th, 1999, and there was a beautiful girl. I, I think she might have been East Indian or something. Her, her first name was Twyla. I remember that, and, and I couldn't help but staring at her. And she was looking at me, and I was looking at her, and I was like, hmm, what's a good way to uh, have an interaction with her? So what I did was I took out my pen and paper, and I started writing a poem, and it was about her. And she started talking to me, so we talked on the bus ride all the way to wherever we were going. And it was a pretty bad poem. I think I've edited it in the meantime. And I think the original name for this poem was not just good-looking but gorgeous, but I changed it to Encounter at the Terminal. So I'm just going to read it to you here as I found it in my book. There you are, sitting in a chair, a 
cascade of dark curls to frame your face. You could be a model sitting with such elegance and poise. There's a trace of European ancestry in your face and around your eyes. I know you know I think you're beautiful. I know you know I want to hold you. You look as though you speak another language. Could you, would you teach me your tongue? Now I've caught your glance. What am I to do? Should I approach you? You have such an exquisite smile. I know I can win you with the power of speech. All I must do is stand, approach, and reach. So, not a, uh, a very good poem, but it was all I could come up with in the moment, and it worked, and we talked all the way to our destination. Nothing happened after that, but whatever. She was beautiful, and she was talking to me. Let's return to the Stephanie cycle with a poem called Every Day, written September 28, 1996. Every day I mourn what could have been. The mind endlessly wanders, going over ways of changing the past, scenario after scenario. The heart knows the truth, but can't accept it. Every day I mourn what might have been. I wake up with a numbness I can't quite feel. Many tears have marched down these cheeks. I die a slow and burning death whenever you walk into my presence. You, with your casual elegance, and me, with my stony stare of vacant sadness. Every day I mourn what should, what should have fucking been. So, once again, a little bit bitter, a little bit sad. Uh, I really like this girl, and of course couldn't change her because she liked girls, and so did I, and that just wasn't going to work. So, meh. And of course, as I got to know her a little bit better, and my emotions ebbed and flowed, something came to me on November 30th, 1996, and I call this poem Idealization, meaning, of course, that I had idealized her. So, short poem, here it goes, Idealization. Forged by thought and tempered by time, I soon came to realize she was all in my mind. That's it. Just a quick uh, four lines showing that, uh, you know what? No, she's not exactly who I thought she was. Whatever. It's fine. Reality is different from fantasy. Not surprisingly, of course, earlier that month, I had written another poem, uh, actually November 8th, called Love's Resurgence. Have my emotions truly passed? Did I ever think they would? You never returned my passion, something I never understood. I never imagined I could ever live without your love. Somehow, I managed to survive. It surely defies the imagination that I could ever rise above, that I could even thrive. And though I didn't think it would, my love continues to survive, to rise like a dove. How friggin' cheesy was I? That's, uh, that's pretty awful, actually, but there it is. Stephanie's cycle went on for way too long, because when I care about somebody, it's hard for that to go away no matter what the truth is about the thing. So 1996 was a pretty intense year, but a few years later, later on, uh, in 2001, uh, I saw her again, and on October 25th, 2001, I wrote a poem entitled Still, after I'd seen her again. Here goes. My goddess, my muse, what have you become? You no longer have the power to inspire. Your looks are long past faded. Yet... You still reside upon that pedestal, the one I crafted long ago. Though your beauty is only a lingering memory, I cannot remove you from the height you achieved so gracefully. You still have power, I cannot deny. You still belong up on high, my goddess, my muse. You still have a hold on me. So that's how that goes. Uh, kind of over it, kind of not. Whatever. Here's another uh, short poem. I think Stephanie and I were going to a poetry reading downtown North Bay, and I wrote something quickly on the way there that just popped into my head. September 16th, 1996. It's called 
the lone essential truth of human existence. I needed it and wished for it, begged and pleaded for it, but when I finally had it, I was scared and let it go. Simple, right? But pretty true. We're all scared of things, and sometimes we run away. But guess what? 2020 is the year of no fear, so I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going after what I want, grabbing life by the horns, and riding that bull until it gores me to death or I subdue it. One way or the other, somebody's going down. Ah, here we go. Another one about being amused and stuff. This is, uh, the last one was 2001. Um, this one's 1998, March 10th to be exact. And another Stephanie poem, which I call The Muse. The muse has been dead this past year. Her beauty is gone, and I am alone instead. Inspiration is no longer to be had. My rhyme is incomplete, and my verse a mess. Last night, I saw the muse floating on the clouds. Pain settled on my heart, but was gone as fast. I no longer need the muse. I have a new recourse. My lonely heart is as an empty cavern. I shall write about that. <sighs> you know, she, uh, she inspired me quite a bit over the years. And I'd really like to get back into some poetry writing. Uh, I've been thinking about it. Got some titles, got some imagery. Just haven't actually sat down and done it. Maybe I will soon. Now, obviously, all my poems can't be about Stephanie because that would be obsessive and weird and creepy. So uh, I wrote a couple poems about other people. So here's, here's a couple more. I'm just going to read three more poems. So uh, don't hang up yet. Now, you'll remember episode 39, where I talked about Lynn, the girl who is responsible for moving me up to Timmins in the first place. Uh, well, that all ended horribly because of reasons, which you could listen to in that episode. But before that all happened, uh, I had lots of feelings for her. Like I said, I'm a man of passion. That's what I do. So, March 19th, 2002, I wrote a poem called, I'm So Happy. Here goes. Twilight tears and a dozen finished beers used to be the way it was. Late night loneliness and daytime drudgery used to be my only companions. Now here you are, and I'm so happy. I want to shout it from the rooftops and write cheesy love poems filled with bad cliches. My chest is stuffed with excitement. Please poke me with a spigot and pour out some of this happiness before I explode with joy. What do you think? Does my reading in a dramatic fashion enhance the poetry? I sure hope it does. There are no poetry readings that I have come across here in Timmins. Uh, maybe we should start a poetry group. I don't know. Is there any local listeners listening to my uh, crap here? If there is, what do you guys think? Should we start a thing? I'd love to. It's hard to read in public, but uh, I got about a hundred and some poems here. I could do it. Okay, so uh, a little while later, March 28th, so what? Nine days later, I wrote another poem, Truth to Tell. Here goes. I've got to admit, I have an admission to make. The other night, I told a lie. I said I was falling in love, but that simply wasn't true. Sounds like a terrible thing to say. Sounds as though you meant nothing to me. If the truth be told, I'd already fallen. Now you see my lie. You see the truth was bent. You mean more to me. You're just so much more. I wasn't falling the other night. I'd already tripped face first. I'd already felt pure delight, and I was ready to burst. So, now you know the truth. You know the depth of my love. If truth be told, I wasn't falling in love. I'd already fallen. Hard. That's fun, isn't it? Great. And then, a short year and a half later, it all fell apart because, well, if you want to know that story, it's episode 39 and the follow-up piece, episode 40. I'm not going to get into it here. So, anyway. One last poem. Trish. 
the mother of my child. Uh, I wrote a poem to commemorate our first kiss. Here we go. Uh, this was October of 2003, and it's called The Sight of Our First Kiss. Nowhere near remarkable, just a random spot we chose. A bare spot of flooring in a building somewhere downtown. Filled with memories and passion, no one knows but us. An unremarkable place, but for the unforgettable kiss. I thought I'd have forgotten, or wouldn't even care. But then I think of your lips and the smell of your hair. I remember like it was yesterday. I still feel the first hesitant embrace, and remember how my heart picked up its pace. Somewhere in a downtown building, two people shared a first kiss, and the memory remains. Later in the day, I returned to the spot, to the site of our first kiss. Nothing extraordinary. Not a thing remarkable to dignify that place. Just a memory of your sweet, upturned face. Just a sacred memory of the site of our first kiss. There you go. So, uh, am I romantic? Am I ridiculous? Am I a little bit of both? Uh, yes, to all of those. However many things I just said. So, that, my friends, my dear listeners, is some of the poetry that I've written. Like I said, uh, the last time I read poetry to you folks was in episode 63 that was august of 2018 so about a year and a half ago so we were due for another fine fine poetry reading from dear old sean i hope you enjoyed that i hope you got some more insight into who i am as a person or who i was 20 odd years ago i don't really know what to say after that uh that was uh a lot of memory coming back to me all at once all of a sudden there So I'm just going to finish off by saying I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Thanks for coming by. If you have not left a five-star review in the iTunes store, please do so. Let everybody know about the podcast. Maybe join the Facebook page if you haven't, because that would mean a lot to me. It really would. More than I can say, actually. But until next time, take care. And remember, suddenly, all the love songs were about you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Soul Forge Podcast. Your support is greatly appreciated, and we hope you'll tune in again next time. Remember that you can visit soulforgepodcast.com for all of our social media links, and don't forget to share the show with everyone you know. The Soul Forge Podcast is your best source for living your best life. Think about it. Everyone these days could use a little support And your friends at the ESO Network are no different with the ESO Network Patreon. The cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.